Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm just curious at what point we went from calling him Tyrese to Tyrese Gibson. Putting a little extra work on us, aren't you, Tyrese? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alex. <laughs> and I'm Britton. That was good. Oh, boy. Hi, guys. How's it going? Happy podcast day. You guys have a good week? Good weekend? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not a hard question, but... Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, sometimes is, it can be. What is good? Alex over there, uh, brain has performed an illegal operation and must be shut down. <laughs> it's rebooting. <laughs> Buffering. Rebooting the, the Alex bot 5000. Let's get over there. Let's uh, enable those cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Oh, so, um, guys, I want to talk about <laughs> in- you know? interactive DVD menus. Okay, oh. okay. Because as... They I are a special feature, after all. They really are. I honestly <laughs> loved that. So, this movie that we're talking about today. <clears throat> so, as, as we all know, last week I, I rented the previous movie, the Fast, uh, the Fast and the Furious, on DVD. I did the same week, uh, this week for this movie. This DVD did not skip... Nor did it skip on the thrills. Mm-hmm. I loaded into my DVD player. I dragged it into my viewer box, mm-hmm. and I clicked play. And then the, it starts up, and there's previews for whatever, including a, for a, a trailer for a movie called Time Cop, The Berlin Decision. Which I did uh, – I do recommend. That's, that's my, uh, my recommendation for the week is that you go just read the plot of Time Cop to The Berlin Decision on Wikipedia because – it's a journey. I also like the um, idea that you recommend a movie every week that you haven't watched yet. It's <laughs> like, that sounds crazy. I recommend a wiki, Wikipedia plot every week. <laughs> I, that, I might, we might have to get into this. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but, but it gets to the main menu, and you get to select three different cars. Now, I haven't watched this movie yet. Hmm. I don't know who Roman is. I don't know hmm. what a Suki is. I know who Brian <laughs> is. And by the way, how funny is it that the hero of these rough action movies is named Brian? Sure. And so I was like, I guess I'll pick Brian. Because I kind of see myself as sort of a Brian. Mm-hmm. And I, I selected that one. And then there's lots of great uh, okay. via, lot of like, great CGI that Britain, made me think, Britain, wow, that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie is pretty good. Britton, I've got to pause you right there. At the end of all this, we're going to have to decide which member of, of the Fast and Furious crew we all are. Okay. Is this at the end of this podcast? Or at the end, is this a running tally? <laughs> Do we continue to update each week based like on the... E- each movie. You know, at this, this time I'm feeling kind of more like dom than anyone else (laughs) oh you do seem like a dom alex now (laughs) i say that now i think do you Um, continue (laughs) i hate everything but it's such a it was so amazing because then it takes you into like now the menu is across like dom's like dashboard (laughs) of Mm -hmm. his car Mm -hmm. but you can also go to roman's car or suki's car which the difference is one's green one's purple one's sure that's the difference on the menus not in the movie and and it was hysterical because then they also had special features within those menus Hmm. they all had scene selection they all had audio they all had play movie but some of them are like going in depth with tyrese going in depth with Devin aoki Going in down, like, what is happening? And I thought for a minute before I watched the movie, I'm like, I'm just going to play with the menu for a while. And it took me back to a simpler time in my life sure. when you could just have a, a fun little game to try to, you know, cat, find Hedwig on each menu yeah. in the Harry Potter DVD. I was going to say, or, or when they'd come with, like, I think I had a Tarzan VHS. <laughs> 
that did come with some sort of sort of game, or maybe it was like a I don't know. Um, maybe it was maybe it was a DVD. Maybe it was like the Tarzan one and a half. Oh whatever. sure sure sure. Or not Tarzan, Lion King. Lion I don't King, know. Yeah, it's yeah. all the same. Um, Honestly, <laughs> come yeah. at me, Disney Twitter. Um, the uh, but it had some game on it that uh, you you like were on a branch. We're like going through a branch, and I remember very vividly that I could never figure out what controls were supposed <laughs> to make me do anything. Like I would just lose every time, and I was like, "Well," and I feel like I probably spent far more time than I should have. Yeah, as a kid. there are four buttons on this remote. <laughs> yes, I don't like, know I why don't, there's a weird interface. I don't know what, <laughs> uh, and that Dear is uh, appropriate because yeah. uh, we are talking about a very late '90s, early 2000s uh, movie. Yes, that's true. And Alex, what movie is that? Show it on the big board. Too Fast, Too Furious, The Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> now, before we, we... I know you got to give the scores and everything. Um, before we get into those... Because none of us had seen this before. None of us had seen any of the Fast and Furious movies before. We, we talked about this last podcast. Could this movie have been any closer to y'all's perception of what the title Too Fast, Too Furious indicated uh, about the movie it was attached to. (laughs) Because... (laughs) By that metric, this movie was a little plot-heavy. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I I agree. Uh, By which I... By like a pound. (laughs) (laughs) But it... The opening... There was more plot than than chase sequences. Sure, and there are a lot of chase sequences. Yeah, um, yeah. The opening um, ten minutes, I was just immediately like, "Ah, yeah. yeah, this is exactly what I thought I was going to get out of this movie." Because this is the this is the quintessential um, make making up a dumb title for a sequel. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. you know, it's the any time someone brings up like, "Oh, what's the sequel going to be called?" To I don't know, a quiet place, too quiet, too place, <laughs> like that. You know, like that that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Anytime someone brings up sequels, they just throw out the Any, list. Of... Anytime somebody says a two, they they throw an electric boogaloo. Yes, following. yes, right, exactly. Also that, also very that. much so. Um, like the two the two mainstays. I don't think we're ever going to do that on the podcast, but we are doing this one, and but I, I yeah. am very pleased with uh, how the. Uh, <laughs> the the authenticity of the title turned out. And um, I will say, when that happened, I think a lot of people went, oh my god, that's so stupid, what are they thinking? They know exactly what they're yes. doing, and that title is supposed to, like, I don't know, it all it all works for yes. me. Like, yes. it, it it's, I don't know, it sets you up. Yeah, if I could sum this movie up in three sound effects, mm-hmm. it would be cars going vroom, gear shifts moving around, and men's hands going... <laughs> Just a lot of everyone's giving each other their props and their snaps, um, kind of like us at Here Come the Sequels. A little bit, you know. I'm always I gave Alex props uh, last week because he did a great home decor job, very tasteful. Um, kind of a kind of a modern touch with a little retro. Not not so much to be uh, uh, hacked hacktic, by which I mean hackneyed, but really more nostalgic. I you think. mean hacked. I do mean hectic, which means hectic. Britain, Britain was just jealous by my my giant banner on my wall of Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Correct. I would be. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex uh, gave Tyler props because Tyler had to go on stage and he needed his props. 
in the big yes, sh- in sure. the big play, including my giant banner of Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage that you stole for me. <laughs> and what was that play you were doing, Tyler? Where it involved a banner? It, it was called Triple uh, X: The Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> it was literally the, the stage movie. Production. <laughs> what? The movie, the stage production, a one man show starring yes. Tyler. <laughs> this is not your daddy's stage adaptation. Um, <laughs> that's a really fun movie. So, Alex, what are the what are the scores for this uh, this this big movie? Well, um, they're not great. Surprise, surprise. Maybe we can change that, <laughs> or maybe not. Um, too Fast, Too Furious, directed by John Singleton from two thousand three. It has a 36% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 50% audience score. Mm. However, I will point out, as I pointed out to you guys when I first looked this up, um, Roger Ebert did give it three out of four stars. And that's, so, um, that's what I So what right he's there. saying is it's just as good as Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Correct. <laughs> the man, he has his pulse, or he has his finger on the pulse of, of, of the, the country, and we miss him dearly. That's my point. He, I, I, I believe that for the first one, he said something like, "What can I say? It gave me everything it said it was going to give me." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you, <laughs> on its own terms, did it fail? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the movie. Yeah, um, who wants to go first? Alex, Best you see, you, I feel, I get the feeling. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there. I get the feeling you may be lower on this than the two of us, even though I don't think either oh. of us are like particularly high on it no not really um, and i'm on i'm not i feel more generous well. than i do excited yes yeah yes um to me i was just kind of bored by a lot of the movie unfortunately it felt like let's just make the first one again it felt like a quintessential sequel where mm. let's make the first one again as but the title we don't, would impart we don't have some of the interesting elements of that first movie right. that made it work vis-a-vis Vin Diesel. <laughs> yes. Um, Who did not uh, come back for this one because of the Chronicles of Riddick, I believe. I, I think I did see that. Oh, okay. Um, that sounds right. Um, I, I, th- I think he had the offer for both and went with Riddick because I guess that sounded more interesting, which, you know, fair. And that's um, definitely his, like, he loves that kind of stuff. Sure. He loves sci-fi. He's a big D&D head, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just... Like, I didn't hate it or anything like that. It's just, like, it's so much of it felt like, oh, this is just, it's more of the same. Sure. But slightly more dull. Uh, so I guess my best thing, just because, like, I I had a hard time finding stuff to latch onto. Um, I like Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson. I liked, mm-hmm. I liked their sort of camaraderie. I kind of wish they played up more of whether or not Roman was going to kind of double-cross Brian hmm. or do something. It's clear to me, at least, very early on that, like, oh, they're they're just going to be friends for most yeah. of the movie. Um, I think that's more or less the intention. I, I don't think yeah. they ever tried to go too far in the... Yeah. Uh, Which I, I'm, will, I'm not saying be... they had to do to make this movie good. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. But the fact that this movie is is surprisingly plot heavy but the plot is so boring and so generic (laughs) um my worst thing is going to be the bad guy i think this is one of the most mine (laughs) this is one of the most generic nothing bad guys i've seen in an action movie and we just watched all of the bond movies yeah that was my exact reaction when you said that was uh i could actually point to several 
because and by <laughs> I point think two, he fits in uh, with with that just vague but, group of Bond yeah, bad guys. I was going to say lesser tier. Point um, to uh, a crowd of uh, a lineup of Bond villains, and I'm like, yes, I think he was in a movie I saw. From, <laughs> uh, this one, I, I I mean, I don't even remember his name at this point from Too Fast and Furious, the, the villain's name. Cole Hauser is the actor. Right. I watched this movie last night, and I don't know his name. His name was like Carter Verone, maybe? Yeah. Is it Verone? I think it's Verone. That's that sounds right. Um, which uh, I think I found him a little more interesting than... A lot of the Bond villains that, that like, he, he... But what about Joe and Crabbe? Who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did a little bit more than Philip Space in that regard uh, for me with, with some of those other ones. But I agree. He's not, like... I, I found going. that performance to be very bland. Sure. And, I, and there was, like, like, the scene where he puts a rat on Mark Rudin mm-hmm. Jr.'s mm-hmm. chest and puts the thing over it, I was like, if you cast the right guy, this would be a... A pretty scary, mm-hmm. fun scene. But I he was think just that like, was my problem. He's like, I, I, I'm gonna put a rat on you. It goes, it claws you. My name is Cole Hauser. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my problem. Human name. It wasn't, it wasn't I necessarily like the writing that they had for him. It was really just the performance, and I and that could be the directing sure, sure. direction, sure. um, or it could just be they got the wrong guy for the part. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I was just thinking, like, yeah, what if you had not necessarily like a Jonathan Price because Jonathan Price that doesn't fit. <laughs> but what if you had no. that but kind also... of? <sighs> I, I think this type of villain in this type of movie calls for a super hammy, over the top performance, sure. and we this guy's playing it really straight, and that's not what this movie is. And I definitely think that, yeah, I think there's an element of the the movie. Um, and, and we'll see how this bears out because we haven't gotten to any of the other ones yet, but, um, I think it probably is an example of this series not quite knowing where it's going yet and not even knowing it's going to be a series yet. Funny, Um, funny that you bring up Bond because this felt like they were trying to work out their Bond formula. Sure. It felt like they were going, all right, the first one, we don't have Vin Diesel anymore. We kind of just got Paul Walker doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can make this like a James Bond type situation where he's doing missions for the FBI every movie and he's going to different locations yep. and, and kind of getting in with a new crowd every time. That was kind of the read I had on this movie. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. That sure. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, the, the bad guy did absolutely nothing for me. And even the way that he goes out at the end, I thought was super, super lame. Um, <laughs> I have two. I'm of two minds about it. I see where you're coming from, but um, uh, we'll we'll talk about it. Basically, Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson were kind of getting me through the movie, but other than that, I was not enjoying it nearly as much as the first movie. Interesting. And I think that just comes down to a lot of it's just kind of dull for me. Um, and it also didn't help that the car chases were not improved in any way whatsoever. <laughs> it was it was like the same people that that did the first movies car chases did the these again and there's a lot of green screen yeah. i hate the effects when they use the gnaws because sure. it's, like, it's like it's like they're going into hyperspace or something it's like a star wars effect it's beautiful but alex don't you like the zord fight in mighty morphin power rangers the movie that's that i like that for completely different reasons <laughs> And and much like you dislike these these car chases, uh, I think I like them for completely different reasons. <laughs> I, I feel like there were some nice some no, I, yeah. the the out outside of the car yes. wider shots. I think yes. some of those went off. Uh, I did actually notice that there when were, it there was were a few where it seemed like they put a little more effort into trying to be like, okay, let's follow like what's happening. But they think, also yeah. had to do that because they made them a lot longer in most cases. There, yeah. And there um, are there's a lot of footage 
quickening and yes. speeding up, which I'm, I, I've probably talked on the podcast how much I love Fury Road. But this one, it felt so like, yeah, we're going to speed up it, this part and not this part. And it, it wasn't smooth. It just felt yeah. very like, mm. and there were some parts you could definitely tell the cars are on a track, which is good. They should be. Mm-hmm. But it was very like the way a car turned was like, and we're on the track. It turned a little, a little herky jerky. The editing in the opening chase, I thought, was a nightmare. <laughs> um, the only the only yes. chasing I really liked was the relay race. That was the only one I was like, okay, I've, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was really, one, yeah. I really like this one a lot. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I'm just like, this seems like the perfect franchise, and I'm talking like the first few movies. I'm not talking about when they go crazy with like the Rock uh, pulling Chain, a helicopter yeah, down yeah, or whatever yeah. happens. Um, the Hobbs and Shaw movie. Uh, this seems like a perfect franchise for it to be like we're using all practical effects. We've got real cars going mm. at these top speeds, and we've got stunt guys doing this stuff. Like this seems like the perfect set of films to be doing that with, and they're just relying on really bad green screen for a lot of sure. it. And I wonder if that was a financial thing. I don't know what costs more. Could I'm assuming stunt work costs bit, more. Yes, I would think so. Um, especially, I think, when you're getting into, like, the early 2000s here where everyone's like, we right. can do anything with CGI! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I assume this movie didn't have the highest budget. No, I'm But, sure. but I'm just, sure. like, once again, my well. mind goes back to just around this time and some of the top-tier genre films that were coming out yeah. around this time. Like, X-Men 2 came out this year. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings Return of the King came out this yeah. year. Now, we can talk about the, the quality of the Matrix sequels, but both of them came out this yeah. year. Master and so Commander, it's just, yeah. It bothers me a lot that this is kind of where this franchise is at at this point. Sure. I feel like this movie could have been a huge step, maybe not in the story department to evolve, but maybe in the actual filmmaking of the action scenes because that's sure. what these movies pride themselves on. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Britain, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, I just want to uh, encourage everyone to Google Roger Ebert's review of Too Fast, Too Furious. I've just been skimming it. <laughs> it's a really good review. Like, it's oh, very yeah, positive. Yeah, I, I read a little bit. Yeah. It's a fun, but it's also like a, he's a great, he was a great writer. It's a really fun review. I just want to read a quick paragraph. Does it sound like I'm complaining? I'm not complaining. I'm grinning. Too Fast, Too Furious is a video game crossed with a buddy movie, a bad, co- a bad cop, good cop movie, a Miami drug lord movie, a chase movie, and a comedy. It doesn't have a brain in its head, but it's made with skill and style, and boy, is it fast and furious. <laughs> and he also gives a lot of praise to Tyrese, uh, which segues into my best thing, which is Tyrese. I thought he was really charismatic. He's really fun. I liked the chemistry between him and Walker a lot. And right. I just generally – I also really enjoyed Ludacris. I thought he also yes. was a, a nice, like, charismatic yes. – I, I would say Ludacris is the other performance that, that I actually enjoyed quite a bit. I yeah. found him really, really funny. Yeah, and he was just a good, like, burst of energy whenever they, they brought him in. Well, I, I don't, I don't want to just say, like, oh, those three are the good ones. Be, j- just having in the back of my mind, oh, those are the three that are coming back in future movies – <laughs> as opposed sure. to just kind sure. of everyone else gets dropped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As yeah. Far as but I also, I mean, I feel like they were the best ones. Yeah. You also yeah. the the guy who was uh, the returning agent from the previous movie. I can't remember his name, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about. The, yeah, he played Michael Jordan's dad in Space Jam. Hmm. So it, uh, that's Tom makes, Barry. Yes, Tom Barry. And that makes me very happy. <laughs> Michael Jordan said, "That's yeah. where I recognized him because right? he, he has a very distinct face." I was like, "I've seen you in something from from my childhood. I can't remember <laughs> what it is." The, uh, Space Jam. <laughs> I forget where it is. The the line. Where... Actually, never mind. Never mind. I'm going to get too far into okay, okay. things I want to talk about. So never mind. Uh, but yeah, I just I, you know I just really enjoyed watching Tyrese. He has a lot of charisma. Um, 
I doubt he will sing in any of these movies, but I hope he does because he has a beautiful voice. They don't use any of his songs in the movie, do they? At least not in this one because I know obviously they use Ludacris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm not very familiar with Tyrese's music. Uh, he's an R&B singer, so I don't know if that would have fit. I know – the first time I heard him saying – perhaps this is embarrassing, but was a movie called Black Nativity, which is a movie musical that I liked pretty well. But he, I, I heard him singing that, and I was like, oh, this is why you're a recording artist. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a beautiful voice. Um, and uh, my worst thing is uh, – it was going to be Cole Hauser, but Alex, you mentioned the plot. I found it hard to follow hmm. because it, it felt – it's not that complicated, but it felt more complicated than it needed to sure, be. And sure. some of this may have been that I wasn't paying attention. But I, I, felt like, like, I, I felt like I was consistently going, wait, why are they doing that? Yes, where I was like, so you're working for James Remar. You No, you're not working for them. You're working for – but you're not working. Who yeah. are you – who is <laughs> – I know yeah, I like, want you two to be okay, but who are you helping and who are you yeah. – what's happening? And, like, the federal agents just make, like, these super wild assumptions and, like, try and interfere with what's going on. I'm like, guys, you (laughs) – Yeah. How do you have the jobs that you have when you're making these wild assumptions? Yeah, and I I felt like the whole last – the the ending, like, long fight – or not fight, the action sequence at the end of the movie. I feel like they were trying to do, like, double crosses, triple crosses kind of things or, like, fake outs or something. And I just couldn't really place what all that was. Um but yeah, otherwise, I mean, it's a it's a fun movie. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you have both singled out uh, specific specific people from the cast. I'm actually going to say the entire cast, um, not necessarily because they are, and I guess the let me amend that, not just the cast, but how the movie handles this cast. Because okay. this is not a cast. Uh, I mean, as we've talked about, there are two uh, traditionally or two people in the cast who are traditionally musicians. <laughs> They're right, not, right. you know, like. Um, I mean, Paul Walker's good, I think. Yeah, fine. Uh, and yeah. I think I don't think anybody's necessarily bad in this, but I think there's just a lot of people that you would not expect to see in a like big budget movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, Eva Mendez is, you know, this was kind of like as she was coming up. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she's not like winning any Oscars for this. Um, right. Right. The the actress who plays Suki is Devin, a little bit of like a like a B movie. Yeah. Actress kinda, yeah. Kinda I mean, I know her from vibe. DOA, Dead or Alive. Sure. So. <laughs> sure. And there's a lot of like I feel like the entire cast is sort of built off these these performances that are would in any in like even the last movie they would have stood out i think yeah almost a stunt casting yes yes but i think the movie does such a great job of of positioning them and giving them sort of like not too much to do but also like playing to making the making the audience enjoy them and and find them endearing Mm -hmm. in a way that really really works and creates this kind of like very just fun positive vibe yeah (laughs) the movie like definitely because everyone is is so sort of like I don't even know. I mean, I don't want to say that they're all like bad actors because I don't think they are. But no, I think that I know what you're saying though. Is they, they didn't assemble a cast in the way that Knives Out assembled a cast, sure. or or, sure. or even I mean, just like a traditional blockbuster where it's like you've got your your two or three main people who are there to get a check, and then you've got everyone else is just kind of like showing up. And yeah, yeah. They're clearly not on the same level as these main actors or whatever. Right, right. That's just all it is. Where this is like, it's just a cast just built from whatever was lying around. And yeah. They, it works really well. They, they, I think they have a lot of good chemistry together. I think they yeah. all kind of have fun together um, on screen. And I, I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. As far as my worst thing, I think it's probably i think i did this last time it's probably got to be the the 
overall uh, misogyny of the movie. I know sure. this is what they're kind of going for. And in this one, it's like really, really turned up to the point that it's almost less distracting. Um, where the, in the last movie, there were just a couple of moments where it was very like, oh, he's just groping that, that woman's uh, boob. Mm, that's all right. We're just doing that. Cool. And like, there's just random like shots up. Yeah. Women's butts or whatever. Yeah. And like women showering. This one is just like, oh yeah, there's just like a huge uh, uh, beach party or whatever at yeah. the pier, and they're all in bikinis, and it, like, it, it takes it very over the top, and it's like, it almost makes it work, but it's still kind of gross. Um, it, yeah, it, on, at once, our, our two female characters in this are not as character as much of characters as yes. in the previous movie, which is a problem. But also, I feel like this movie doesn't have as many specific instances of of that. Yeah. It's more just like the women are literally decorations. Yes. I will say Suki, similar to Michelle Rodriguez, is clearly like everyone no, – no one's like questioning her ability to race. They'll make these kind of crass comments to her and yes. stuff. But like no one's like, oh, girls driving. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They always – yeah. Um, and going off that note, and we can kind of spin off this into the rest of the movie. Um, speaking of Bond, uh, I felt like – the exchanges between Suki and Ludacris uh, were more like entertaining and clever than any of the uh, sexual innuendos Pierce Brosnan had to say in like any of his movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like saying like, uh, "When are you gonna?" I think Ludacris asks her like, "When are you gonna check out my ride?" or something oh, like that. Yeah, and she's like, yeah. "Once you got the right tools or something right, like that." Right. You know, it, it's. I mean, it's still of course like very dumb and over the top, but it's just like. I found yeah. that a lot funnier and, oh, and more entertaining. Oh, 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 are you telling me you weren't excited by by the line "They feast like there's <laughs> no tomorrow"? Yeah, I also feel like this helped because those. I I don't know if Tej and Suki in the movie are in a relationship, but like, there's clearly something there. Yeah. So it's clearly this mutual flirtation, yeah. as opposed to like this guy kind of just <laughs> ma- making passes being, at women. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I, I, I agree. I will ask this question, and this is not – this is just a query I, I had as I watched the movie. Is this movie more over-sexualizing of women or of cars? Because the way the cars are shot in this movie, <laughs> I honestly got a little, like, uncomfortable at some points. I was like, is is that a – is that a community? <laughs> like, do I need to – I don't know. There's so much like, oh, look at this. Ooh. Just so much of like looking under the hood and everything. And it was like, these cars are like, I know they're objects, but like, I don't know, man. This is getting a little, I was almost offended for the cars. <laughs> Actually, another point I want to I wanna go off of, off of that. Um, it, it is slightly relevant. Um I want to talk about Transformers for a second. Uh, because... there's, there's some weird parallels with, with the Transformers franchise. Yes. And more specifically, though, the – so, we're, you know, there's the infamous uh, racist robots in Revenge of the Fallen. Sure. Right. Scud, um, skids and Mudflap, I yeah, think? Yeah. One of them's um, got a gold just, tooth. Yeah, like caricatures and stereotypes yeah. that are, are just kind of horrible. Um, but it's because they're cars, so it's fine. Is is what the I think the response from Michael Bay and or the studio probably was. Right. I, I, I'm sure there's interviews. I don't really care that much um, to to give them a voice. <laughs> the, <laughs> but I I wanted to to mention on a, on a more serious note, like 
I feel like these movies, watching these movies, I get why they're they're such a big franchise now and like where they've they've come and and hopefully this will hold true and we'll continue to see this throughout these movies. I feel like they're diverse in a way that is so much less cynical than the Transformers movies, even though the Transformers movies very much hit a similar tone mm. and, are, and are from a similar era. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just a few years apart. Transformers 1 was 2005, right? I'm making that up. 2007. Was it 2007? Okay. Well, still, we're in the same the same uh, realm. Yeah. Um. And these, it's just like, I mean, again, kind of going back to the cast, where they're just like, oh, we're just going to cast people, like, just all yeah. these people, we're just going to, like, show them hanging out. Yeah, where, the- like, so many so many times when there is a, you know, a person of color, I mean, just anything they try to even touch in terms of diversity in the Transformers movies, they're very, like, I don't know. They, it's always weird. <laughs> like, and, they, and, they never well, do it well, in a way well, that just it's, feels it's like, not, oh, we're including It's not somebody. to be inclusive. It's to point it at whatever uh, minority or group Michael Bay just wants to make fun of. Yes. Yeah, it's... it's and, and they all sound like caricatures. Whereas in this movie, everyone sounded like a person. Yes. Or if they didn't sound like a person, it was because the script isn't great. But just the way <laughs> sure. they like, it's a movie. Sure. Not like... <laughs> No, it didn't. I don't know. It didn't sound like Tyrese and Ludacris had to come in and be like, "You want me to say this?" Yes. What are you talking about? That's a good way to put they it. sound like they're talking, yeah. you know. And I like that the the core relationship in this movie is a friendship between a, a white guy and a black guy. Mm-hmm. But that the movie is like, yeah, they're old friends. Like we don't mm-hmm. need to make a whole. They're not constantly like making racist jokes at each other or yeah. something. Like yeah. it, it's, and I think this franchise largely is pretty diverse. Yeah, um, from what I can tell. I, mean, I don't <laughs> so far. I, I'm not sure what Vin Diesel's ethnicity is specifically, but obviously you know, like Dwayne Johnson is Samoan and Ludacris and uh, uh, Tyrese are both black, and like Han is Japanese. Like you have yeah. all of these different types of people mm-hmm. in the movies, and it's never really made. It's never shied away from, nor is it ever like. A big deal. Uh, uh, yeah, just see, like, yeah, America. Yeah. We're just I'm, trying I'm to show normal people. It doesn't feel reactionary. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't feel like they're trying to go for like <clears throat> political or cultural points. So I'm, I'm yeah. curious, just going forward, if that if that's going to kind of stay the same. I am. I am a little bit too. I'm. I'm, I'm intrigued to see yeah. uh, where they go with that. But yeah, this felt like I got dropped into a, a community, and these are the people that inhabit that yep. community. It is a very overblown movie, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like the people are people. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, I, I completely agree. One, that you have, like, Asian characters in this as mm-hmm. well. And I don't know if you have any Latinx characters in the. Oh, in this, but... Obviously oh, no, you did, you guys. did, because the, the guys, the Fabio and the other guy that... Yeah. They come to the boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I don't yeah. know what... Uh, I think Eva Mendez is... Yes. Her, her parents are Cuban, I want to say. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's an interesting, like... They're just like, eh, we're just gonna get people that yeah, would make sense to put together. There gonna... are people in a movie, and, yeah. you know... Casting for chemistry and, and, and all this. It is very, very funny, to put a cap on this, when um, Paul Walker shows up and he's just wearing a white t-shirt <laughs> to, this, to the first race. He wears he's a, just yeah. like the most like plain-looking man. <laughs> he wears a lot of, of very baggy shirts with very <laughs> tight necks. Yes. Um, he's a, he's a, obviously a great-looking guy, but yeah, there's a lot of him just like, yo, okay, man, let's go. All right. Uh, Ebert called him pleasant but not compelling. <laughs> I actually liked – there's a few moments where like – I guess it's mostly just during the racing scenes where they allow him to get excited and like yes. run super into into the race. I think those are his best moments and I feel like this this story lets him down by not letting him True. do that more. 
I, I, yeah, I, I think you've hit on something that about this is that our characters are having fun doing the thing we're supposed to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, like, like the scene where they're all supposed to be racing to get um, Cole mm-hmm. Hauser's that that cigar out of his car. Yeah, I th- I completely left that out. I was blanking on that. That's my other favorite car chase in the movie because I yeah. think that's very well done. Even though both uh, Brian and uh, what's Tyrese's character? Uh, Roman. Yes, Roman. They're both kind of terrible for endangering traffic like that, but whatever. Um, also, one of the it's racers Miami, dies. <laughs> yes, just... yeah, I think we have the first um, the first in-race death in these movies, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Not um, to be confused with Death Race, but... It's correct. Or Death Race 2. <laughs> also correct. Star or Death Race Callahan. 3000. Anyways. <laughs> um... Yeah, that was the other scene where I was like, "Oh, they're having fun. They're like, they're, they're messing with each other. They're like, all right, mm-hmm. let me show you, let me show you my skills. I'm, I'm gonna drive in reverse." There's the, it's not in that race, but there's another part where where he's staring at uh, even Mendez while he's driving forward, and then yeah. Roman pulls up at the stoplight when they stop, and then he's <laughs> like, "Did he show you the the uh, uh, he stare, stared staring at while you. accelerating? Yeah, took that I, from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know how." brilliant or not brilliant the editing is because it shows Eva Mendes looking at, at, at Paul Walker like, are you serious? And then it just cuts. <laughs> there's like, there, there's nothing else to that conversation or I anything. feel like this movie does that a few times where it's just yeah. like, we're done here. And <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I, I think, and obviously if you're watching, th- there are some movies where the action is supposed to be dramatic and it's supposed to be exciting. Mm-hmm. But like I don't want characters like woohoo! Like if yeah, yeah. if Keanu Reeves was going through John Wick like laughing, that would be terrifying. <laughs> but but also might... but also but no. in a way, yeah. Now I'm saying if, it. If if it was consistent through all three movies, who knows? <laughs> but, but your point stands. Yeah, but with this, it's like they're doing these crazy stunts. They're driving really fast, but like they're in, they're getting a thrill out of it, which makes it more fun for us because mm-hmm. I think it would be. It wouldn't be as effective if they were just like squinting and like, you yes. know, uh, scowling and and smoldering every time. And it was only which is that. I think a little bit more what they did in the last movie. Yeah, a little and bit. I think this one that it's like this one. Obviously, they give them walkie talkies towards the right. end where they can actually like talk to each other. And yeah, um, yeah, the last one is aims more to be a drama. This one aims more to be a comedy. Yes. Um, they do also have a lot of shots of. Paul Walker and Roman talking to each other when there is no way they could hear one another. Well, that's a, there's a lot of I, I was going to say actually I like that a lot that there's no, a lot tight, of yeah. um, them being like try and try and keep up with me try and keep up come on come on and like <laughs> yeah. especially towards the end when they they're in the race with uh, or not the race but the they're driving towards the the plane with um, both the two of uh, Cole Hauser's enforcers yeah yeah. Um, and so they're like yelling at each other, like "Come on, come on, come on, stay with me, stay with me!" And then the, the guy standing beside, sitting beside them, is just like, "What are you? What's, <laughs> what's happening? What is this crazy man doing?" I also liked when Tyrese ejected the guy from the, his passenger yes. seat, and how long it took. But the guy kept being like, "What?" <laughs> well, I guess Tyrese had like bashed his head against the dashboard a lot. Yes, Tyrese getting excited and just like yelling at the top of his lungs. It was- <laughs> It's so enjoyable. Yeah, because he's a he's a really charismatic guy. Yeah. Well, going back to the Transformers movies, it, it makes me even angrier about the fact that those movies are not. If we're going to focus on the human element in those movies, which mm-hmm. I already think is a problem, mm-hmm. but the fact that we don't focus on Tyrese and Josh Duhamel and and kind of the uh, military group, 
yeah. in that more. Yeah. Especially because, like, they have moments in the first movie where they're they're being, like, really fun. And, uh, I don't know, there's, there's like, bits where they're, they're, like, on the phone trying to get the uh, military, and they're having to speak mm-hmm. through the call center. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's... I don't know. <laughs> Do more of that. Do more of that. <laughs> I agree. I forgot Terry's was in the Transformers movie. I also was just thinking the same thing when you said that. What, I mean, um, you know, two or three of them I've seen. Right. And he's not in enough, <laughs> I, I would say, based on He's in the first three movies. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um... But yeah, uh, I th- I think we're we're inching towards something that is is probably the elephant in the room because we have not addressed the fact that this movie is insane. Yes, um, we we've talked about we talked around it a little bit, but the opening sequence of this, right? All right, let's let's, let's paint the picture <laughs> for anyone who has not seen this movie in a while or, or wants needs some encouragement to get to go see it. Um, is basically uh, it's it's ludicrous and um, Suki. And yes, there's a couple. Oh, an, uh, another racer. Yeah, Michael Ealy and Amari Nolasco from Prison Break are both there. Sure, um, and they're all talking about like trying to. Oh yeah, Ludacris is not racing. He's he's being like the host. Yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah. Tedge yeah. is his name. Tedge. Yeah. Which yeah. Um, and so they're setting up the race. They're like, oh, we got a we got a race going on, and they're trying to like put the bets in. And then they're like, oh, we're you know we're missing a guy. We're not going to be able to run if we only have three people to run the race. And so he calls up Paul Walker, and he's like, hey, you want to make some money? Come 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 here in your big white t shirt, and, uh, <laughs> and you'll make some money. And so Paul Walker shows up, and he gets him to like up the ante, and he's like, I want money. <laughs> he says, how long do I have? Four minutes. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, I guess, apparates something like that. Um, he was actually just upstairs. Like, he just, right. just walked down. <laughs> it took him four minutes. Um, <laughs> slid down the fireman's pole. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he slid down the, the fireman's pole through, like, it, it changes him into his costume, but his costume just the white t-shirt. <laughs> he was in a very, like, <laughs> elaborate, ornate suit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so anyway, they, they get there and they start driving. It's this crazy race, as we've already kind of talked about, the way it's shot. Like, there's... It's just all over the place. It's, it's it's it goes on for a solid like three or four minutes. Yeah. It's constant zooming into the car like engines with all this crazy CGI like yeah. very two thousand three CGI. Everything Suki says is sexual. <laughs> Bend over, take it. <laughs> you know, just all that. Um, which again is fun that she's like yelling this at them and, and, and no exactly. Like, that was like, I'm actually okay with it because yeah, it it works better that yes. way. And then uh, they get towards the end, and uh, I don't remember. D- d- is it is it Tedge that gives the order for them to l- to raise the bridge? I can't remember. Uh, it's something like that. There's this bridge that is. It's not even. I guess they open one side of it. I guess it's supposed to be like a two sided drawbridge, and they just yeah. lift up one side of it. And so they're driving up, and and, and Paul Walker is uh, right behind. Um, I don't know if it's a character that we see again in the rest of the movie. I can't okay. remember. Um, it's one of the two. One of the other two yeah. drivers. And he, uh, they, they're they're driving up to this bridge, and they're like, "Oh, geez, what are we gonna do?" Yeah. And they both just like floor on their. This bridge is like raised up like twenty feet. Yeah. This is this is not a little bump that they have to kind of like work. No, this yeah. bridge is like up, and they both launch their nitrous like that's going to make the situation <laughs> better. And they they launch off, and the first car, the the, the other driver who's in front. Um, goes off and Paul Walker like times it better and so he goes flying over him and sails directly I'm making hand motions because I can't like think yeah, of another yeah, yeah. way to describe this but he sails directly over the other car and lands in front of him the other car I think like lands and spirals into like a billboard or something I think, I think you're um, right yeah and so he wins by doing that and he lands perfectly and just keeps going um, and then uh, it's great because then 
I think Suki at this point is in fourth, and then the the guy in front of her is in third, and he uh, sees the bridge and he's just like, "Nope, not doing that!" And he just like drives off, <laughs> like he just stops and, and turns around, and she keeps going and, and gets second place. And it's it's just uh, when that happened, I was like, "Wait, <laughs> what am I doing? How this is this good?" And I was getting vibes of the motorcycle chase or race in a Batman and Robin. Sure, <laughs> sure. If either of you remember a that little sequence. bit, a little bit. Um, and this, this sort of vibe continues, uh, because first of all, we, we, we mentioned, um, how Cole Hauser dies, uh, they, Roman and, and Paul are in the car, uh, after, after, uh, Cole Hauser has stolen Eva Mendez onto his big yacht, and they're, they're, they're boating off, <laughs> and, um, Paul Hawks just like, we're gonna do it, and then I think Roman specifically has a line where he's like, car, boat, car, <laughs> boat, what are we, how is this, and Paul Hawker just floors it and like, finds a pier, a ramp that's just like a dock or something, I don't know. I think he says something like, do you trust me, you gotta trust me, Roman, do you trust me, and Roman's like, yeah, I trust you, and then a second later he's like, this is a, this is, what are you doing, this yeah. is so stupid. And so he floors it, this is like a car, like the windshield's been kicked out because it got shot through and, and it's this whole thing, Yeah. and he floors it off the edge. And he, he ramps and just does this beautiful arc right on top of the yacht. And then they get out and, like, have a, a mini shootout in which Cole Hauser gets shot. Um, the part is so on, funny. A Co- couple of points on that. Number one, the one thing it was missing to really get me invested was a slide whistle. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, number two, it's not a gunfight. Uh, yeah, it's Cole like, Hauser just stands up in front of them with a shotgun, and Paul Walker shoots him once. Like, that's right, right, yes, okay. I couldn't remember the there's, exact There's nothing not else. But still... The the entire point is basically they land on the yacht and then the movie's over. <laughs> They're like, yeah. "All right, we did that. <laughs> We're good." Um, I was just disappointed because it was shot from like fifty different angles. I'm like, "No, no, no! Give me one good wide shot of that car flying." I I I gotta be honest. I did not. I could not have told you how it was shot. I just the image I just remember was, a car hit a boat. The image was burned in my mind. <laughs> I well, it's it's stuck in my mind because I was like, "Oh, I." I like, I, I could tell what they were going to do, so at that point I was just like, all right, let me see how they actually shoot this sure. thing. I'm like, oh, you guys are hiding it because you didn't actually show. I, I mean, obviously I'm not <laughs> expecting them to shoot a car flying into a boat. But also I would have But okay still, I, I felt like the editing did not help it. Sure. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I was caught up in the hype at that point. Um, and I do so, – so those are like two of the big like, oh, okay, they do, you know – jumps multiple times and it's crazy and, and we're seeing the we're sowing the seeds of of Dwayne Johnson grappling onto a helicopter with his car or something like that. I don't know. Um but uh the big thing that Does that even happen later in those movies or are we making that No up? that's it's uh, I don't Is know it, the exact I know, like, I know there's a, bit... a missile or something. No yeah, that's there's a, there's a bit where a submarine shoots missiles across the ice and he yes. grabs one and steers it in a, in another direction. Sure. I know um, that happens. But in Hobbs and Shaw in the, in the trailers, there is some point where he's on a Jeep, and like I think he's got a chain attached to the Jeep, and he, he's, oh, that's he, throws, right. he throws the chain, the chain on, yeah. onto a helicopter or something. It's something along those lines. The logistics yeah. don't matter. Something happens with a chain <laughs> and a Jeep and a helicopter. I think that's, that's the through line of all of these movies. The logistics don't matter. <laughs> um, and I think that actually goes to my point of the, the problem I'm finding with a lot of these, these car chases mm. I think geography is everything, and that's no. That's I would, why I I would like agree. I noticed like, that a little bit. That's why I like something like Mad Max Fury Road because I think it's very clear on where mm-hmm. everyone's positioned in, a, in any given action sequence. This one, I was just like, 
I don't know who's in front until they tell me who's in front. Right. Like, and, and every, like it's the same gimmicks of just like, oh, I'm losing, I'm losing, and I'll hit the NOS, and now I'm winning. Like, it's it's not. I don't know. It doesn't feel like a lot of the sequences are built on the skill of the car driver as much as what's the what's the the gimmicks it, that they can use to win. Especially because everyone is a superhuman car driver that yeah. just kind of is like, oh, they'll figure yeah. out a way. That's that's why I appreciated the relay race because we have a very limited amount of cars and like it's very clear on who's ahead, how far somebody's behind, and then the the the, the uh, cheats they use to win. Yes. Um, specifically, yeah. So the, the just that if we want to talk about that for a second, um, the the structure there is that Paul Walker and, and and Roman are in a relay race trying to get a couple more cars because their cars have been uh, they've got FBI tracking by on the them. FBI, and so they want to make sure they have getaway cars. Um, and they uh, they're in this race with two other guys who were in the race earlier that they went on to go to uh, get Cole Hauser's Ferrari as a test for him to. Yeah, whole yeah, thing. They're, they're racing Cole Hauser's like hench boys, henchmen, right? No, I think they were in the relay race. Just people. No, no, no. Who... They're they're the other the two surviving uh, racers oh. from the from the race they had on the highway. Where, okay, okay. Um, which uh, yeah, as 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 we mentioned earlier, someone dies in the race on the highway because uh, Paul Walker and Roman. Um, like I was just calling they th- Paul. They Walker thread right the now. needle between a couple yes. of trucks. Yes, and yeah. then and then and somebody driver. tries to do that, and they get pinched, and then they end up going under the one of the trucks. Oh, tires. it's it, but the way it's done is so like horrific because first, oh yes, this guy tries to go through him, and the the, the semi trucks like slide in, and he starts like bouncing back and forth between the wheels, and you're like, oh, he's gonna like crash and spin out or whatever. Yeah, and then it flips, yeah. and he's he's uh, under one of the trucks like horizontally, so the, the wheels are grinding up against his the side of his car, and he's like freaking out, and you're like, oh okay, yeah, I was gonna roll. get on this one, and then the the wheels just crush it and yeah. just keep going, and it's like. Oh, I, I was expecting us to get like a comedic beat towards the end of the chase where we just cut back and he's like yeah. falling out. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm and I respect the movie for not yeah. doing that because it would have been super easy yeah. to do that. Yeah. No, I, I don't think they were. I think they were just like, yeah, let's kill him. Um, <laughs> I respect murder, says Alex. Correct. In the right you context, gotta give it to him. <laughs> like a movie. <laughs> um, but I wanted to go back to there. There is another. Well, let, let's finish the. I guess talking about the real areas first. Um, we're jumping around here between the big action set pieces so that we can get those out of the way, I guess. Um, but basically, the, the relay race, yes, they're racing these two guys. They want their cars. Their cars are actually better. They, they t- have a conversation beforehand about how their cars are actually better than Roman and uh, Brian's cars. They're like, yeah. what are we going to do? And so Roman goes off first, and uh, I believe doesn't the guy – does he just get ahead of him? Is that all it is? Or does Roman get – doesn't he get like knocked off the track in some form or fashion? Yeah, he does some kind of spin out. I can't remember if the guy breaks on him and causes him to swerve, or I can't remember. I'm not sure. He did, he does he he cheats okay. basically, um, and so uh, cheats, but in like they don't have any rules for this illegal right. car gambling street race. So you know, <laughs> I'll get into where the cops are and all of this. <laughs> Will you continue? I would be glad if you could find them because I don't I don't think they're there. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they basically Roman's like way behind. And so Paul Walker starts with this, this like, five-second, uh, you know, or the other guy's got this five-second head start, and he's, like, way behind. So he's driving, and the other guy actually makes it around to the other end and comes back around. Um, and then Paul Walker just, like, basically chicken chickens him and just, like, drives straight at him. And the other guy's like, oh, that was a good gimmick. Let's see if you can uh, withstand it, though. And then the other guy's like, oh, I can't stand it. And then he, like, drives <laughs> off and, and hits a wall, and Paul Walker wins the race uh, by just inches. 
Uh, and it's really fun. It, I agree. It's a really, really good little little rate. Because I was also thinking, like, oh, are they just going to lose their cars? Like, it's nice when a yeah. movie can actually convince you that something bad will happen to the protagonist, and it's not like they're just going to... Which is sometimes how the rest of the race, races feel. It's like, oh, they're going to get out of this somehow. Yeah. And not just because right. we know that there's more movies. It's just the way the movie is portraying this. Whereas this was like, oh, they could legitimately lose their cars and be really screwed, and now we're, now that's going to be, like, new stakes for the rest of the movie and a new status quo that they're going to have to figure out because, like, then the FBI is going to wonder what the tracking cars are doing and a whole thing that they've gambled on. But then when he pulls that out where he's like, oh, I'm just going to drive right at this guy, specifically because he's so far ahead that now he's he's coming the other direction, I can do this. Like, that's a really neat little setup of a set piece, uh, and it works really well. I, I think it's, it's a nice, tense, uh, fun uh, payoff. I agree. But the real payoff of the movie... <laughs> um, I, I, this, it's the friends we made along the Correct. Way. I texted you at this moment uh, where uh, you guys in our little group chat, uh, and I said, uh, the third act of this movie is sublime. Um, because basically... <laughs> because the band Sublime showed up. <laughs> the band Sublime showed up. Um, basically, uh, they're, they're in this... Uh, Paul Walker and Roman are... They're, they're escorting... Well, they're not escorting specifically but they they've been uh basically hired to to carry uh Kohlhauser's enforcers to this place where he's got all this money stashed and he's going to take all the money and he's going to go to his we he he lets it leak to Eva Mendez that it's his yacht or his it's his airplane but it's actually going to be his yacht because Eva Mendez is also a, a intelligence agent um and so he's like you got to get my money, and then you're going to come here. But even Mendez has told them that his enforcers are going to kill uh, Paul Walker and Roman uh, if they complete the mission and, and take the money to him. And so they're like, well, we got to figure out a way out of this. And uh, at this point, we don't know what they've done with the uh, other dude's cars that they just won in that relay race he talked about. And so they're just, like, driving these guys. We don't really know what their plan is in terms of not getting killed. Um, he mentions... Paul Walker at one point mentions to they have a like an engineer guy who kind of shows up. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. I don't know the actor's name. Me neither. Um, but it's just a fun little bit of world building. Like I think he he seems to like live in the same places. Maybe like ludicrous. They've yeah, just got, yeah. Because like, like, they're all kind of a part of that same community. I think. Yeah. On the pier. Nice little thing. And so um, they uh, he's he's asked his, his mechanic if he's got any half empty bottles of NOS. We're like. Mm. Where's he going to do that? Where's that going to go? Um, and so uh, you know they've got some semblance of a plan, but you don't know exactly what they're doing. And so they, uh, they're they driving around. They get the money. Um, and then the uh, and the, the feds, they're watching because they're like, all right, we need you guys to get to this place so that we can show Cole Hauser has the money that he got from the drugs. And so it'll be, you know, we'll be able to catch him. Um, and so instead, uh, the, the local police show up because... I guess the feds weren't able to tip them off to not do that. I don't really know exactly. <laughs> because the script then said the police have to show up, even though they haven't been here for the whole movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly what the they were saving up. <laughs> they were charging. <laughs> um, and they were so, recharging their their crystals. Correct. The, the the quartz, which which will bring you justice. Little known fact: the the red and blue lights on top of police cars, they're crystals. Exactly, they like, are. Guys, that's listen. where the, the noise doesn't come from speakers. It's it's from no, it's it's, it's the energy. vibrations of the universe. Correct. And in tune. And you guys, listen, Mercury is going to be out of retrograde in like six days. We're all going to be fine. I know a lot of my other star heads out there <laughs> are thinking of the same thing. Um, my other Brody acts, if you will, 
Um, but yeah, gosh, you know, I just I always like to recharge my quartz. So Paul Walker and <laughs> Roman, um, they're they're driving along. They they're they're doing their racing. They're on the highway. They're on the freeway. They're getting around, um, and uh, and they're trying to get to the the rendezvous point. They got walkie-talkies, so that's a thing. And they're like, ta- it's actually kind of nice because they're talking to each other on the walkie-talkies, and they're like keeping keeping tabs on where each other each other is. Um, and then they start to get surrounded by police cars, and they keep like getting cornered one way or another. And um, Tom Barry is that what we decided his the actor's yes, name is? Yes. Um, the the federal agent from the last movie who was Paul Walker's boss, Michael Jordan's dad. <laughs> correct. Uh, could be canonically correct. We didn't, you know. It could, it could be the same universe. What if Michael Jordan shows up in one of these movies? <laughs> and he, um, like, stretches his tongue out, real, or his tongue. <laughs> what if he does that, too, guys? What if he does, like, a full venom, and he's like, I got a symbiote. <laughs> but he stretches his arm out really big, and that, and then he just, like, plunk, like plucks the keys out of somebody's <laughs> um, pocket. So, anyway, yes. they, uh, they, they're getting cornered, and... Um, the, the Fed, the, Tom Barry's like, I don't know, I don't know where these guys are going. I don't know what's going yeah. on. And they <clears throat> they drive around a bit, and then they just go into this garage. Mm-hmm. And 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 the, as they're driving out the garage, they both get on the walkie talk, and they're like, All right, we we ready for this? And we, and you're like, Okay, uh, I don't know what the plan is, but they're they got some plan. Yeah. And and so like yeah, at this point, you're thinking like, Okay, they're gonna like switch to the other cars, maybe you know, sure. something like that. And all the police cars have surrounded at this point. It's, it's this fleet. They brought out. They really have been saving up. They've been ready. They were just like, we're, we're going to get them at the end of the movie. It's going to be great. Um, they've got like 200 police cars. It's all lined yeah. up. And then all these uh, these gates on this warehouse open up, and just hundreds of racers <laughs> come pouring out of this this warehouse, and. Uh, Paul Walker and Roman escape in the the fray. As yeah, they, these yeah. Were, I think they start off by all, sending out all trucks. it needed was a, a little Alan Silvestri score yes. and, and Paul Walker going Avengers. <laughs> I was just watching this like Rise of Skywalker wishes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's okay. We'll get to Rise of Skywalker. You're a one hundred percent right. Yes, it's it's the most just like absurd because it is like you can't say it's not set up in the sense that sure. like these these characters that because it's like it is Suki and um yeah and more in Ludacris and Suki Ely. and Ludacris specifically get yeah. into the um same cars that get into the cars that that Paul Walker Roman previously had mm-hmm. I like how I'm just like there are some characters I'm saying they're yeah at some point. it's just whatever is easier at the time sure um but they're they're driving off in the cars that uh are FBI tagged yeah and so then the, they escape and the cops pick pick back up on them and then they're like oh but who are these people yeah um Whereas um, Paul Walker and Roman escape with the with Cole Hauser's henchman dudes, um, and it's it starts off by like they send out these big trucks to like mm-hmm. smash the police car barricade out of the way, <laughs> yes. and then all the cars come pouring out, and it's just it's just insane. Yeah, it's, it's delightful. It's lovely. I think there's a song that plays over it. Um, that I feel like I remember this movie having a pretty good soundtrack, just in terms of like a very fitting uh, soundtrack for the mood. Sure. Um, but I. Cannot tell you what all was played in it. Yeah. Um, but basically, this this whole finale, like of just all these cars pouring out, and it's like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Um, it's yeah, it's very like the Beauty and the Beast fight scene where all the <laughs> where all the furniture <laughs> yes. comes back to help. But like less, I feel like it's it's more unexpected. True. And 
I don't know. It's just insane. It's lovely. It's it's, no, it's, it's really fun. It's really fun. Uh, we were talking about the misogyny earlier in the in the episode, and, and I remembered a moment that this movie, uh, you know, Tyrese is a singer and he's a real wordsmith because he crafts the portmanteau oasis. <laughs> He says, this, there's so many scenes in this movie of him going to a group function and going, wow, because there's a lot of ladies there. And he says, at there one point, are women in this building. In Miami. And at one point he says, like, this is a oasis. And I was like, okay. And guys, don't worry. I've got our t-shirts on the way. Went right on to Cafe Press. Mocked up a little design. Um, there, So we're each going to have our own little, here come the sequels, oasis. Shirts, but, but it, it has a big picture of uh, the the uh, corrupt detective's face as he's getting chewed out by a rat. That's, that's what's on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I wish I were at the Oasis. I do kind of wish this was. Um, this isn't my wish. I'm going to go with this. This is set in the same universe as Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. That guy, mm? fearing uh, the repercussions of what he's done in this movie, moves to a little city called Gotham, <gasps> oh, that's changes right. his name to Flash, and is an equally corrupt detective. That makes sense. <laughs> well, if you They're can't beat him, join him. And then he becomes a son of anarchy somewhere. Because <laughs> he was on that show. <laughs> is that a period piece or is that modern day? I think I always get that in Hell on Wheels confused. Hell on Wheels is a period piece. Yes. I have not watched either of them. Hell on Wheels, I've only seen the first season, and every time it's time to watch a show, I go, it's a time to watch Hell on Wheels, and it never is. <laughs> it's good. I like Hell on Wheels, actually, quite a bit, what I've seen of it. And Sons of Anarchy is a modern motorcycle club. Okay. Hell on Wheels is about an angry railroad man. Okay. <laughs> it's really... It's, it's this is very much like um, There Will Be Blood and uh, No Country for Old Men. Um, sure. Which are, I probably talked about this on the podcast before, but there are just like things of media that I don't have any familiarity with and they accumulate in my mind until yeah. I assume they're the same thing until I watch them. And that really, they're not they're not similar, but I understand why you would <laughs> confuse like, them not having watched yeah. them. Like, so, like, Hell on Wheels would be a show about a motorcycle club, <laughs> except that it's actually about like yeah. a railroad town yeah. in post-Civil War yeah. America. Yeah, I know anyway. what you mean. Now, Alex, uh, we've. Uh, who do you think you would be? We've had some time to mull it over. Are you a Tedge? Are you kind of a Roman? Because originally I was thinking I'm kind of a Brian, and you guys are Roman after you do your fusion dance, <laughs> and you become Roman. But now I'm wondering, Tyler, you might be kind of a Tedge. I might be a Tedge. Because you, because you know, you host I have things. Some, some hit singles That's out there. True. <laughs> um, in the. The, the top 40s. Uh, I don't know what Ludacris is doing these days. Over there on... Se- well, yeah, and you were you also recorded a verse for Baby that wasn't you. I technically been in uh, the an, an arena where Ludacris was. Really? <laughs> say that, yes. Where? We can discuss this off the air because it, okay, okay. it will give up too much too much information. But gotcha, I, gotcha. I have been in the vicinity of Ludacris. Well, uh, frankly, all you do is win. Which, I mean... I agree. Yeah. Um, just nothing. <laughs> so, Alex, if he's Tej, do you feel like you're a Roman? And I don't mean like in Immortals, your favorite movie. Which, okay. That's, <laughs> that was a lot to digest. <laughs> um, I mean, I get frustrated and angry a lot. Does that count? <laughs> mm, your teeth aren't as shiny. That's true. I would also like to point out that In the Vicinity of Ludacris would be a great like fantasy novel name. 
Like, <laughs> now, is it still ludicrous, the rapper, or uh, is it the 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 adjective ludicrous? Either could be because I really like the idea of like a high fantasy novel, but also there's ludicrous. <laughs> In the, it was like a YA dystopian, like we're all in the. Now I'm just imagining the entire Fast and Furious <laughs> cast in a YA post-apocalypse uh, story. Yeah, in in the shadow of Nas. <laughs> can that be? Un, un, can, I, I don't know what under they're going to do. Under the veil of Tupac. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with the next Fast and Furious movies, but if it doesn't go full Mad Max, I don't know what's what's I mean, going to please they're, me. They've got to get to space at some point, right? I yes. don't care about them going to space. Let Mission Impossible do that. I want Mad Max post-apocalypse. The, the Macquarie brothers had a bit once where they said, okay, eventually, Fast and Furious 48, Vin Diesel's going to be like, guys, Grobdor, the planet that lives inside my heart, they're having a problem. <laughs> and I think it's just ludicrous. It's going to be like, uh-oh, guys, one of my wings is alive again. <laughs> they're just going to have to – just the most buckwild. Which is the great – this is a really fun thing that I've, I feel like we've already started to notice about this on a, on a more serious note. Um, is that the there's a problem we see in a lot of the franchises we do where like the first movie is like oh it's this great like it nails the tone of what it's trying to do and yeah it, you know it's fairly stripped down it's a great first start um there's just like kind of this basic thing because they didn't really know what they were doing and they were just like let's get this off the ground and see what happens um and then usually the second movie comes around it's like oh we're going bigger and better and yeah uh <laughs> we've we've completely lost any sense of stakes and then by the third movie they're just like we don't really know what we're doing anymore I don't know. It's a. They're going to Europe, and John Lithgow's there. Exactly. What I mean, I was thinking. Pitch Perfect is like yeah. a weirdly. Uh, Actually, like, that's like the perfect example. Perfect example of a lot of. I had already forgotten that plot line was in that movie. Yes. Um, and I mean, you see. So the thanks same for thing reminding me of that. A little bit in like the Transformers. Mm. Um, there's other examples. I don't need to give you three. Santa Claus. Um, I, I guess. Except that one and two are reversed in terms of quality, exactly. where two is better and, than and one. I'm, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm trying to. I'm sure there are other ones. I know that we've talked about this before. Basically, the escalating stakes of yeah. Okay, you want to get really big, and you get so big that you can't possibly like sustain this anymore. Right. And then now, what do you do? Where this just seems to be, they just roll with escalating. Yeah. They just like every time they're just like, I guess we're getting bigger. I, I don't yeah. know. We're just all right. It's going to be even crazier next time. And as they lean into like. We're going to give ourselves permission to eventually do something completely crazy. Yeah. Like, you know what? Now we drive so fast, we break time and yes. we Superman <laughs> our way back yes. to the first movie. Yeah. Like, if eventually it gets to that point, like, okay, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. And I'll be curious to see, because I, I, I really want to know, like, what is going to be the tonal difference between f9 and like f or fast five sure sure um because i th i don't know what tokyo drift I, I i mean i think that's generally agreed upon as like kind of the one of the lesser if not the lesser entry in the bunch yeah because um, it doesn't really have i think i mean i think some of their characters have started coming back now mm -hmm. but like it, it and is also, its own it takes place in the future oh yeah the timeline's the, weird like it, it this it, it it jumps ahead and then I think the the um, fourth and fifth one take like build up to it or something. I don't know. I know Paul Walker's not in it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The timeline's weird. Yeah. Which is why four is the soft reboot. To like yes. okay, let's kind of get everything back. Yeah. Organized. Um, but I'm very curious what's going to be the the difference in like I'm curious if it's going to be at some point whether that's fast uh, fast. Fast and Furious, the fourth one, not yeah. the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see if that, um, or like 
F5 or F6 or what have you, if that's, there's a point where it hits and it's just like, we're crazy now. And then like, that's where it, that's where it lands. Sure. Or if it does keep escalating. Cause I mean, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, Idris Elba is like actually a super villain, right? Maybe. I think. Yeah. He has has some kind of, or has like some kind of serum or. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think he's like. Oh, it gets to a point where it's like nuclear launch codes. Like it gets to like mission impossible. But I think he's like a cybernetically enhanced something. Maybe it's that. Yes. Yes. So like. I I I'm very curious to see if it will continue to be like every movie is. Ah, yeah, they went yeah. there. Yeah, um, and I, I legitimately, it seems like they may just not stop. They may just keep yeah. going until they're like time travel, or it's uh, like space. Yeah, uh, or you know. sucker punch. But now it's Vin Diesel and the gang. <laughs> Vin Diesel is baby doll. <laughs> I would like what Oscar Isaac's doing. I'm gonna escape in my mind palace. Where it's World War One Dragon Steampunk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vanessa Hudgens, you're ludicrous in this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. I don't remember anybody's name in that movie. Carla Cuccino, you're the rock. <laughs> Only you're still Carla Cuccino, but with the powers of the rock. Accurate. <laughs> so she's lifting castles uh, up. Uh, I am really, I'm really glad that I don't think I know when anybody shows up in these movies. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I, I feel like I know a surprising amount of about this sure. franchise, and I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed by that. Like I said in the last mm-hmm. one, kind of knowing the twist with Paul Walker, um, I, I feel like I know too much. Sure. Um, speaking of that twist, I did, I did want to mention. I thought it was kind of fun that like. So last movie we left off, Paul Walker's staring them the cops. He's giving away his keys. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think there's yep. like a mini animated or just short <laughs> film in between these two that's supposed to like address how he gets to where he is in this one. Basically in this one, he's in Miami. He, he got away somehow. Yeah. Um, he's in Miami and then uh, he gets uh, – is it in the first – after the first race that he gets arrested? Yes, because um... – I don't know. I was confused about if Eva Mendez was setting him up to get arrested, to get him. That would make on, sense on the mission. I couldn't tell why she was there at the race. Right. Um, but we do set up that weird EMP device that the police have. Yeah. Which is, oh yeah. Felt very which, sci-fi to me. I was the, like say, again, thing. Just little little yeah. bits of like, oh yeah, we're doing this. Like yeah. we're just doing yeah. like more and more mm-hmm. unrealistic stuff. Um. But yeah, basically they they catch him, and uh, he gets taken to the, the the feds, and then Tom Barry shows up, and he's like, "All right," he tries to deny that he's um, Brian Spilner. Uh, O'Connor Spilner was his code name. Yeah. Okay. Brian O'Connor is his real name. Um, I guess I missed that. Um, uh, we need we need a real every man uh, believable fake name. Spilner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sure. Fair enough. Sounds like an underground racer to me. Yep. Um, and so he uh, gets taken in, and then and then Tom Barry shows up, and he's like, "I, I know, I know it's you." Um, and then they uh, basically like coerce him into helping them so that he doesn't get arrested for aiding and abetting Dom Toretto. Right. And I think that's actually that kind was, of a fun like, yeah, thing. That was one thing I was genuinely surprised by because I was thinking just by the fact that Vin Diesel's not even here, I'm like, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even mention yeah. the last movie. And it's just, what's Paul Walker up to? I guess he's just working with the cops again. Yeah. No, they actually build it into his character that, no, he's kind of distrusting of the cops now. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just doesn't, he wants to stay as far away from them as possible. So they have to kind of, they have to set up a deal with him to get him on the mission. Um, and I like how that's a part of his character and it feeds into him trusting Ava Mendez. Yeah. Um because they're questioning whether or not she's actually a turncoat, and he 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 kind of yeah. sees himself in that position, and and the FBI guy is chastising him of like, oh well, you you left because you, you liked the people that you were working with. What what makes you think you can uh, trust her? Yeah, um, and then it also feeds into his relationship with Roman. Yeah. I thought yeah. was a nice way to be like, oh yeah, he became a police officer, and that affected this guy he grew up with, who felt like right. it was a betrayal and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah, it was it was. It's not worse. And then I like at the end, he's they've kind of clear all debts because they helped out with Cash and Cole Hauser or shooting him yeah. in the face. Same thing. Um, and then uh, shooting him in the, in the shoulder, which and would actually a nice, kill someone in real life. But yeah, whatever. Sure. There's a nice little bit at the the end too, where they're they're talking with the um, the main uh, detective guy that's been like up there, there who's a moron, butts all movie or whatever. Um, that guy was a moron. Yes. Which guy? <laughs> The I don't remember his the main FBI dude who who is is like he he's the the one guy who's always argumentative. Oh, James Remar. Ever seen therein? Uh, maybe that sounds right. From, I don't from Dexter. <laughs> sure. Um, and they're talking to him, and they're like, "Yeah, here's all the money," and he's like, "All right, this is all the money." And then they're like, "So we're free to go?" And he's like, "Yep." And then they look at each other, and they're like, "All right, there's actually more money. Here's the rest <laughs> of it." And then they're like, and then they do some hand slapping. They do some yep. some fist again, props and snaps. fist pumping. Um. But it's a nice. And it, it turns, and it turns out that that Roman's actually got some money uh, underneath his shirt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still. They're gonna start a garage. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, gonna open up a, a little bakery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the a little bakery called the garage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the garage. That's good. It's called too flaky, too sugarous. I was gonna go with like sucrose. The, the, well, that's so. Like, what? What if? You, what about like the yeast and the sucrose? Is that, Ooh, two yeast. It almost tracks. Two yeast, two sucrose. The yeast, the sucrose. Yeah, the garage. <laughs> Come in and get twice baked bread. <laughs> what? Ew. We'll deliver a glazed donut to your house in thirty seconds or less. <laughs> Four minutes. We'll <laughs> shoot it right into your face. <laughs> this donut's packed with protein for and, big boys and nos. <laughs> I gotta tell y'all, I was actually very disappointed with how Ava Mendez was handled in this. Sure, sure. Mostly because I, I I haven't seen her in that many other things, and and one of the things I'm thinking of is the first Ghost Rider movie, which let's put that aside. I'm mostly thinking of the other guys. Yeah. Which, oh, right. Is kind of perfect because they use her in it, it. It's like a stereotyped role of like she's the hot girlfriend or wife, but that's the joke. Mm-hmm. Is she Mark <laughs> Wahlberg's actually, wife in that? No, she's no, Will she's Will Ferrell's Ferrell, wife. Okay. The whole joke is like Mark Wahlberg's like, "How do you? Yeah, how are you with yeah. the hot girl?" Okay, um, you ain't shaking it for dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> but that movie's a lot of fun. I don't know. I, I thought it was really interesting that they were trying to go with the plot element of is she a turncoat or not, and that that feeding into Brian's character. But for me, early on, I was just like, no, she's – I don't think she's a turncoat, and then that's never really an issue. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of the dramatic elements just felt like they weren't 
being played sure. up enough in terms of potential double crosses or triple crosses. Yeah. Which I felt like the first movie actually did a very good job job of because, yes. like I said, the twist of no Vin Diesel's crew is the one that's actually robbing mm-hmm. those trucks was very well handled. Yeah. Versus this, where it's just like, no, I can tell you pretty much the side that everyone's on yep. from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So let me talk about the cops real quick. <laughs> um, one of the things that I pointed out in the first movie that I really liked was was some of the mm-hmm. world building in terms of they came up with excuses as to why the cops don't immediately show up. Um I mean, we can discuss how realistic or unrealistic those are. Just like, There's an accident. Every cop in the precinct is over there. <laughs> so let's race. Yeah. And in this one, they don't even bother. Yeah. Until they're just like, oh, the cops are here. Bye. Yeah. Um, they talk a but, little. I but, mean, there's a little bit with the corrupt objective uh, pre-Gotham, um, who is like, <laughs> basically, that's what the whole rat scene is about. Is they're trying to convince him to let give him like 15 minutes of, of cop-free interference or free of cop interference words yeah. um and so that's there's a little bit there and then a, it's nice because he's like oh he decides to go ahead and call it in which actually interferes with their plans but that's the whole thing um yeah but yes the the rest of the movie they're just like eh. it's fine <laughs> yeah it, it feels like oh oh we, we're the cops aren't even in a story element at play until the screenwriter says okay now we now yeah. all right we'll let him in it's yeah. miami dude they're probably out getting some shrimp you know, or or they're uh, at a oasis. Yes. Right, exactly. Eating some shrimp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wow! I really like the idea of the, the like. I like the idea because after um, or at the end of the movie, um, Paul Walker looks at Eva Mendez and they they have a a polite but uh, yeah heated charged uh, certainly charged. That's the word. Uh, heated exchange where they say goodbye. And then Roman's like, I think I'm going to have to stay in Miami to watch you. Um, and I really like the idea of them just going to various, like, like going to the, the pier or anything. And they're just yeah. sitting, they just sit down and they just, there's like, man, these ladies, man, oh my goodness, look at all these ladies. And they're all, they're just like sitting here talking about how many ladies there are. They're right. not, it's, they never no attempt to try and flirt, yeah. no attempt to try and get any numbers, just ladies. I thought you were going to oh say, goodness. you like the idea of like a montage of, Paul Walker, David Mendez going to like nice date spots, and Tyrese is always a little bit away, like <laughs> like they're hiding like, they're on the bush. pier, and then like he's hiding in the bush directly behind them with binoculars, or like a guy like w- there's a guy with a newspaper, and then <laughs> like they're dancing on the pier, and then Tyrese is like also dancing with like an old man, <laughs> like <laughs> that'd be fun. I want some shrimp now, Spyrese now. <laughs> I do respect that they didn't have uh, Paul Walker and Eva Mendes get together yeah, at the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah, I, I felt like did they make out at one quick... point? They do make out because there's a, yes, there's a little scene. Which I, which I, I know you, a good woman, good man, whatever. I thought it was very forced, and I didn't think that their characters were sure. there. Um, I thought there was a little flirtation between them and nothing more. So sure, um, it was nice that they didn't push it farther yeah. than that. There is, a, I actually quite like the scene where. Um, there, Cole Hauser's enforcers come to. Uh, I guess it's where Roman and Brian are oh, just yeah. living. It's the like boat, a little yeah. like boat trailer, yeah. um, type thing. And and even Mendez has showed up to. I think she's warning them that they're going to get killed by his enforcers when they finish the job. Um, and they, uh, even Mendez, like, 
escapes through the bathroom window ceiling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then they get into a fight. They still end up getting into a fight with the enforcers where they like beat each other up for a bit and they're yeah. pointing guns at each other and Cole Hauser shows up and it's like, what are you j- just stop? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I, I just thought that scene was interesting. Like the escalation of that mm-hmm. little bit was a nice bit of tension building up into the finale in terms of, them being like, these guys are going to try and kill us. I don't know what's going to happen. And I like that they were able to build that Cole Hauser was a bad guy and he treated Ava Mendez wrong without making us watch like a domestic yes. abuse scene. <laughs> yeah. He still like manhandles her a little bit and it's not cool, but it's it's a little more like, okay, I don't have to There's, now watch this guy be The very traditional horrible. way to do it would be he slaps her in the face. Right, and it's right, right. Like, oh, he beats women. Okay. Yeah. He's a bad guy. And they, like, they, they managed to like communicate all of that without putting us through the ringer, yeah. which I, which I yeah. appreciate. This isn't the kind of movie for that. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I, this is a comment apropos of nothing that neither of you may uh, follow. Um, <laughs> but I don't like these pretzel M&Ms. Well, it's not, <laughs> it's not that much more serious. Um, so there's uh, – so if either of you are familiar with the TV show Fairly Odd Parents. Okay. Um, yes, I am. There's, there's a bit – where uh, I think this, Wait, I think wands and wings, so floaty crowny things. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Other lyrics. I don't. I was going to try chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> floaty. Dolligan von no, Strangle. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel really bad for anyone who has not seen Fairly Odd Parents now because no one is going to have any idea what's going on with this. It's and this, this joke probably signifies Sylvester Calzone that we need to get to the uh, the grades. But um, Doug Dimmadome. Oh, yes, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadome. Owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadome is a character in that who is a very Texas character who has, like, a very, very tall uh, hat, uh-huh. white hat. Um, and all I could think of, there's there's one scene where Eva Mendez just has these pants that are, like, these white pants that are just tubes that go straight down. And all I could think of was Doug Dimmadome's hat. And that's my last thought on Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh gosh! Uh, I don't know, Roman. I got a problem. It's a girl nickel. <laughs> this is my nickel. His name is Philip. What's the problem? It's a girl nickel. Ah, <laughs> uh, good show. Alex, what's your grade for Too Fast and Furious? Two. Um, I'm going C minus. Okay. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I, I think it's. I don't know. It's it's not that far off in quality from the first one. It just feels like a lot of the same with some elements that are either missing or lesser. Okay. So I'm gonna go. Minus. I'm gonna go flat C. Where I think the first movie was stronger in some narrative places yeah. and character places. This movie was stronger in just overall fun ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me a lot of DOA Dead or Alive, previous Britain recommendation, which is based on a video game. Where it's just like, oh, this is just dumb, stupid, over the top yeah. fun. This movie is smarter about it and better about it. Not by a whole lot, but still more so. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good, fun time. I don't think it's... I don't want to, like, overrate this one and then get to what I hope the later movies will be and be like, oh, I, oh, this is... Oh, wait, hang on. This is way better. So I think a, a flat C. Yeah. Um, previously, I had made the... Or described uh, Ant-Man. Uh-huh. The movie, um, what, when giving my grade as a movie that very much like was not set for anything higher than 
what it wanted to do, but yeah. I very, very much enjoyed it. And I gave it a B plus in terms of like being the most perfect epitome of yeah. what I would want from a B range movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It, it didn't do enough for me to, to push it into the A range, but I just thought it was like the perfect fulfillment of that. This to me is very much the perfect fulfillment of a C plus. Sure. <laughs> this is what I'm going with. Um, where it is fun and dumb mm-hmm. and does not try to be anything it does not already want to be. Yeah. Um, it is it is playing only on its own terms? Yes, and I like that. There's there's stuff that could have been better for sure, yep. but I don't think the movie particularly cares. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I don't think it was out of the movie's like failure necessarily. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> it's no, just we're like, doing this thing. This is this is where we're at. Yeah, no, I agree. Good stuff. Uh, so last week I recommended Beginners. I'm gonna do a similar change in tone and recommend a movie that is the opposite of a fast, crazy thriller ride. I took myself to the theater this past weekend, and I saw a little movie called The Assistant. Um, This is a new movie, so you can see it in theaters right now. Hopefully it's playing near you, wherever you are. Um, It is written and directed, and I believe co-edited, by Kitty Green. She's a documentarian who made, like, Casting John Bonet and Ukraine is Not a Brothel. This is her first narrative feature, and it, uh, it stars Julia Garner from TV's Ozark. As Jane, an assistant to a Harvey Weinstein-esque figure at a movie production company. And it just follows a day in her life. And it's so um, stark. And it's very quiet. There's not a ton of dialogue. I mean, there's dialogue, but it's not like a super fast-talking movie. And you never see her boss. You never see this Weinstein-esque guy. It's just her and her coworkers, but it does such a good job of, like, through her daily activities, illustrating the kind of culture that enables the kind of behavior that Weinstein got up to, to just put it very mildly. <laughs> it sounds a little bit like shenanigans. Sure, yeah. Like, the, the, not sure. The, the culture that, that allowed the absolute monstrosities that he yeah. created. And it's it's a movie that shows just how toxic but also how trapping that was and julia garner is brilliant in it she's she's really good on ozark and in this she's it's there's so much she does with just her face and her body language that's Recently, so powerful not too long ago i watched juno oh yeah and sure. i thought she was spectacular in that julia um, garner is that julia garner that's jennifer garner that's Ju- yeah jennifer garner is from alias yeah julia okay. garner is a much is like a 27 year old yeah different woman yeah okay um, yeah, Julie Garner's really, really good in this. And there is... Cut this out, but I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also one scene where she goes to see an HR uh, head played by my man, Matthew McFadden, who's super good and infuriating. Um, it's a movie that while I was watching it, I was like, yeah, you know, this is good. But afterwards, I just felt very quiet and very, like, not hollowed, not, like, dead inside, but just very, like, oh, wow, yeah. So it's a movie that, that makes its point really effectively it's not a fun movie, but it's a really well done movie and with some great performances. It's shot really beautifully. I, I've heard it. I read a review that compared it visually to uh, Zodiac. If anyone out there wants to see more stuff like that, and who wouldn't? I haven't seen it, but um, it's great. I, be- I fully believe it. I bet I'm going to love it when I watch it. And um, it, on top of everything I've already said, this movie is 87 minutes long. And I read a beautiful review, and I saw that runtime, and I went, get me to the theater on time. Let's go. I got 87 minutes. This is awesome. 
so yeah, if uh, if you want to wait until a home release, I, I totally get it. But otherwise, get yourself to a theater and check out The Assistant. And now, back to Tyler with a human interest story about a surfing squirrel and the woman who loves him. Tyler? It's very tragic. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has months to live uh, because he is a squirrel. Uh, he's four years old. The surfing is a denial. Surfing is a midlife crisis for him. He's trying to deny, as you said, that uh, he, you know, he he doesn't want to face his own mortality. Right. Um, and so it's it's this combination of sort of a, a death wish. If you've ever seen the movie uh, or the the documentary, I should say, uh, Free Solo. Um, very similar. I thought you were going to say if you ever seen the movie trying, Death Wish. He's trying to make surfboards out of nuts, and it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it works though. I don't. We could just get him a surfboard. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot. I mean, the Ice Age uh, franchise really took a turn. It did. Uh, well, guys, <laughs> Alex, do you have any sobering news to deliver? I mean. Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Alex, you have some Alka-Seltzer for us? My tummy's gonna, a little un- upset. I'm not going to get into No Time to Die. That's a thing. Whatever. Yeah. It's okay. More time for us to review, I don't know, like... Just uh, probably Pixels, maybe that yeah. one. We'll do that. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. I don't know, Made Manhattan. Uh, we could do, like... Rom-coms? Yeah, uh, uh, scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are great ways to cheer me up, by the way. These are wonderful ideas. We're trying. Yeah, man. <laughs> I know I made you really sad with my tragic squirrel story. Sisterhood okay. of the Traveling That squirrel pants. is going to surf the big one one day. It's going to make it happen. <laughs> yep. And on, <laughs> and maybe, with, maybe with the angels. That squirrel, that squirrel is one of the agents that surfs into North Korea with James Bond at the beginning of Die Another Day. <laughs> I was imagining the film Blue Crush. <laughs> um, Don't think I've ever heard of it. Uh it's kind of an esoteric reference. Um, I believe I've pitched this to you guys before. I've probably done it on this podcast, but I'm going to do so again. Uh, I'm still convinced that uh, Dwayne Johnson should star in a movie in which it is a disaster movie, mm-hmm. but it's about a, a rogue wave that keeps hitting uh, various places. It's like Jaws, but it's about a specific wave. Um, and eventually he he has to punch the wave oh in order goodness. to destroy it before it destroys another city. Uh, because it, it did kill his parents, is the, <laughs> the idea. So. My mother always told me a legend about a great wave. And, I would, and the movie is, of oh course, called God. The Big One. Which is, uh... I would watch this movie twice in a row. I Please, Hollywood, get I, at us. I think I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Like, this is why yeah. it just... It was like that movie exists, right? Like that. It's got to, yeah. With Dwayne Johnson's done the the tower movie. Yeah, he already fought a skyscraper. He fought a skyscraper. He 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 fought a big crocodile. Yeah, okay. he fought he fought a volcano in Moana. It's just okay. true. Seriously, I want the Tropic Thunder sequel to be about them making that movie. <laughs> I want that it would movie. Also be good. Though if you... <laughs> I, as long as they make the movie, they can then do the Tropic Thunder. Right, right, right. <laughs> so if you're a Hollywood hotshot out there and you want to get in touch with Tyler about this great idea, Tyler, how can they get in touch with us? You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter. That was smooth. HCT Sequels. You can find us on email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're also on iTunes and on Spotify. And that's it. Now we release you. <laughs> Your cold, lonely existences without surfing squirrel. But with some hot rides and some 
French fried. His surfing squirrel will live on in all of our hearts and minds. Yeah. In oasis. <laughs> He's going to that big oasis in the sky. <laughs> we love you. 